0: This is the Culture of Influence. I'm Shane Howard.
1: And I'm Dr. Brad Shuck. Follow along as we dive into everything culture, from interview to exit.
0: All right, guys. Um, Shane Howard here uh, with another really, really cool episode that I want to give you guys of... Culture of Influence, and um, today I have a really, really, really special guest uh, who's also a very, 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 very good friend of mine. Um, and definitely give you guys some context and how we met and those kind of things. But um, this is a guy who comes from New Zealand and has done something that very few people in the world have done, but no one from his country uh, has done. And if you, to most people who are listening to this who maybe have never been to New Zealand or don't know anyone from New Zealand, um, you guys probably associate, you know, things to New Zealand, obviously the Kiwi, and then you've got things like the Hakka, and you see, you know, those videos going viral and, you know, all over the internet, Um, and then the All Blacks, uh, the rugby uh, there, and the the elite of the rugby. Uh, I'm sure some of you in different countries might want to debate that, but... On paper, there's there's not much debate. So, um, Piro Cameron. Piro Cameron is with us. And, um, yeah, good to, good to have you here, Piro.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Shane.
0: Yeah, all good, all good. Um, you know, we're on a trip and, and we're kind of bouncing around. I don't have Brad with me. So, uh, for those of you that, that are listening, you won't see Brad sitting here. So, I'm, I'm currently in um, the Gold Coast, Australia. And that's where Piro resides now. And, um, you know, I wanted to, wanted to link up and I wanted to help. I want to do two things. I wanted to, Piro to be able to have a platform to share his story in, in a unique way, much, much different than, than probably how he normally has. But uh, also for us, I want those of you that follow what we do here on the Culture of Influence that, you know, end up coming and, and seeing Brad and I speak. I wanted to give you guys kind of a peek behind the curtain of what I think is easily one of the most interesting, um, but also one of the most engaging cultures of anywhere I've been in the world. So, Piro, um if you don't mind, just you know, share you know, kind of in your beginnings and then kind of your journey, you know, with with as little or as much detail as you want, and we can kind of bounce around and super super informal, and
1: we'll go from there. Just make sure you're talking into the mic. Yeah, and uh, we're good. So yeah. a little bit about m- um, my background, I come from a little, uh, little, little town, village almost like, called uh, Tokoro, born and bred there. And, you know, after a year I moved up to a place called Portland in Whangarei, to the north of, um, of the country. Uh, my folks, my, uh, my mother is half Maori, half uh, Nguyen, an, uh, an island off New Zealand. And my dad is uh, Scottish, uh, his dad coming from Scotland. And uh, you know, one born down the very bottom in the place called Bluff, uh, Stewart Island almost, and my mum born right near the top, uh, a place called Porotie Pipiwi and Fangere. Uh, you know, very little, and we grew up in a place called Portland.
0: Might have we we'll have to have to have you spell those out so we can put in <laughs> so we can put in the description because everybody right now is trying to figure out. I know where they are because I know the landscape and the culture, but um, they're in the North Island there. Um, beautiful beautiful country uh, if you've never been so go ahead
1: yeah and they met in a a little kind of timber village timber uh, little uh, town called Tokoro T-O-K-O-R-O-A really hard-working place uh, there's work you gotta work hard if you want it and uh, that's pretty much where I came through and grew up in a little town, a cement works town in the north, called uh, Portland. Uh, and destined to play the um, working man's game, Rugby League. Uh, rugby was for all for the private schools at that age, you know, we were young. And, but Rugby League was more the sport for the hard working class. And you know, I had remember uh, having my first game, I was one. Uh, in the under fives and i uh, played till i was 15 and then my mother was a netball basketballer so i switched over when i was 11. starting to get a little bit uh a little bit cold outside you know, you know like yeah. the confines of a indoor facility like here sure know, sure as you can imagine and,
0: and, and to give you guys a, not to cut pair off but give you guys a little bit of context for um, those of you that maybe aren't watching the video um You've probably seen me at some point, Uh, I'm about 6'6", I'm not going to put my weight out there, but definitely a big guy, I get big broad shoulders, Uh, Pirro makes me look like an average guy, he's about 6'6", 6'7", and um, you know. Very fast. <laughs> much, I tell you, if you watch some of Earl's old footage on YouTube, you will definitely see that he definitely his feet are much quicker than. You, you, I think that's some of his advantage when he did play basketball. is people looked at him and thought he was a big slow guy, but uh, his feet his feet definitely move fast. So I just wanted to give you a little bit of context. You know, very, 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 very much a large presence um as as a man so you can imagine you know those of you maybe who've never watched rugby league before or rugby in general um you know think of think of gridiron football players you know Piro meets that um you know meets that standard of an, an offensive lineman just a big you know just stout stocky guy wow a little bit he looks a little bit different now than he did back when he was playing <laughs> but we won't we won't go there so 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 your mom played netball and basketball, yeah. And your mom is um, very, very much uh, a legend in some ways. I mean, she, I mean, she's 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 well known
1: there. I think for her dedication as a coach. Yeah. You know, she's uh, not only did she coach my era; she was my coach. She coached uh, my sister's kids, so it's the next era, and you know a lot of our friends and cousins and there, her teammates, kids. So she's done probably three different generations.
0: She, she And she, she's very much a, an ambassador of the game there for you guys.
1: Yeah, and she's still going. You know, she, she's coaching the NBL there for a season or two. Um, and she's always coaching. She loves it. You know? yeah, yeah. I think um, I remember being, um, I, I was lucky
0: enough to be in New Zealand um, a couple years ago when they had the, the first ever New Zealand basketball Hall of Fame induction. And I remember your mom's name coming up, and I remember people telling stories and, you know, different things. It was it was it was really really cool. I've not had the pleasure of, of meeting Piro's mom uh, yet. Um, Piro won't introduce me to her, so I'm gonna uh, Piro's brother Raymond. I think I'm gonna have Raymond introduce me to her, <laughs> and get me up there. So um, he'll
1: introduce you to the prime minister. Yeah We're yeah Ra- yeah yeah Ra- Raymond. I'll, have,
0: I'll meet everybody if, if if I go up and see Raymond. So um, we may even. Uh, We may even try to get a a guest appearance while I'm in New Zealand. We can add to this at the end where Raymond can talk about his brother a little bit. I'm I'm sure Pearl will love that. But so you started playing basketball. Um, You kind of bucked the culture. You kind of went against the grain of basketball. wasn't a super popular. I mean, it was it was popular. Yes, you guys were. I mean, obviously it was being played, but it wasn't the wasn't the popular thing to do to go play basketball and not play rugby.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, you know, the two in things in our town and our little uh Northland was um it was the second division basketball, but also uh watching our Northland play in the in the first division. Yeah, the, you know, in the league and that and we had superstars like uh the Goings, um, who else? You know, it was it's endless. Um and a couple of our friends went on and played there, Norman Berryman played there, you know, these uh, we had current guys playing elsewhere, the Miller brothers, we had we had all sorts, you know, I could go on and name more and more. And we loved we loved our home teams. Didn't matter what sport. Yeah. You know, but rugby and basketball were the main sports. Um and it was one or the other, you know. Yeah. But we always supported each other.
0: Yeah, and, and don't don't miss that. So he he talks about they always support each other and that's and that's definitely one thing that I have I have witnessed both from afar and from an involvement standpoint. Now, you know, I, I joke we've we've done a lot, you know, with with CCR currently in in New Zealand and different things, and 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 worked with a lot of different families and different things. And I and I tell people I joke I say short of a short of a traditional Modi tattoo and um, and performing a haka, I feel like I'm I'm part Kiwi, right? So it's the the people there make you feel that way, and they support those that support them, and once you kind of become um, and I'm not going to try and use the, the, the word for it, but once you become family, what is the, what is Fano. The? yeah. So what, I, I'll butcher it. I'm not even going to do that. Fano. So Fano. Yeah. So Fano, um, once you become Fano, um, they accept you like that. And, uh, and I'll share a little bit about some of my experiences with that as we kind of go through this process. But so you, were there people who, um, were there people who doubted you when you made that move?
1: I, I think, uh. You know, uh, my my mum always had an old kind of term, bit of vocab she used to use, and that's uh, you got to have, you know, skin like elephant skin, you know, real tough, yeah. And it just doesn't affect you, whatever they did. And of course, we had haters, but they don't matter, and you don't pay them no attention, and you embrace and acknowledge the people who support you. You know, you know, I had a lot of family and friends that supported me. I had my nan, who was you know very old, coming up to the. Sitting on the stairs, watching our games at, at the Kensington Stadium. I had my uncle who taught me the game, and he never played the game, and nothing but bare feet up at the school park. Yeah. And he taught me the rigors of playing hard and yeah. playing against each other. You know, and uh, my dad was more of a leaguey and he hated me putting on the basketball shoes yeah. from when I was younger. And but he still supported me, sure. definitely on the financial side. He always worked during the. Uh, Hours of the day, so he never really come to watch us play. Yeah, Uh, shift worker his whole life at the local cement work, so I'm very indebted to him and my whole all my siblings are as well. How many siblings do you have? There's five of us, yeah. Uh, And you're the oldest? I'm the oldest, okay. And um, I didn't feel like the oldest, I got beat down by one or two of the sisters as I was growing Mm. up, but I got Mm. them back. Um, But yeah, it's I had a great. Great uh, kind of childhood and in, and in, in the manner that, that prepared me for yeah. So so I wanna, I wanna yeah I wanna I wanna I wanna stop there for a second. So Sorry.
0: your your mom, you know, Piro, you, you, you probably notice a different tone when you hear Piro talk about different things. And um, I first of all I know he has the utmost you know admiration and, and respect and love for his parents and his family. It's a that's it, a very very common. Um, um Kiwi thing, and, and you'll even hear uh, probably even later some of why he made some decisions that you know he he probably would make different decisions in today's world because of his his love for his parents and you know that kind of that kind of thing. but um, it sounds like your mom really instilled into you um, you know kind of that that determination and if I'm correct in saying this, New Zealand was the first country. In the world to allow women to vote if i if i'm i'm almost 100 percent certain so you guys were definitely ahead of the curve there in a time where and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna tell piero's age but i mean you can find it out there i mean he's not he's not super old but still in a time where it wasn't you know it wasn't and especially in a country you know the size of new zealand they didn't have the internet you're cut off from the world and you know you you only know what you hear about on the radio or see a little bit on tv or read the newspaper and it sounds like your mom really instilled some of what you still carry with you today, and what you carried throughout your career. And you know the the the, the saying of you know you got to have elephant skin and being you know and, 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 and you have to be tough and you have to be able to deal with things. And is that a is that a that, that I mean is that is that something that you were always self-aware of that you because you've kind of dealt with that right? You've you've always kind of bucked the system in some ways. Um,
1: I think we didn't deal with it as much uh, as a probably sub you know, 18, 19 being at the house. Yeah. Because I had such a fierce mother protecting yeah. probably all of us. Yeah. Uh, and you know she was teaching us the ropes of how to deal with certain things. Yeah. But I think you're right. Um, you know, in New Zealand we we all hold. The mother or the grandmother at a high stead. sure. Uh, because generally they patriarch, and we call in the states patriarch. Matriarch. Yeah, matriarch. yeah, patriarch. Yeah. yeah. They they last they last longer than granddad. They last longer yeah. than dad. You know, yeah. so they they're left with the big decisions, somewhat 10, 20, 30 years after yeah dad or granddad's passed on. You know, absolutely. And you know what they they were there for the changing. You know, back in the day, dad used to work and come home when everyone was asleep. So mum held it down and dealt with everything during the day, but now mum works as well. So they still deal with everything and still work, you know. Yeah. And dad, very lucky enough.
0: Now is, your, is your mom still involved in the game? Still somewhere? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Always. Yeah, yeah. She just brought a team out, under 14s team, to my house. Yeah. Uh, I had about 12 kids staying at the house and my mum, and um, the manager, and they just went about their business for three or four days. When hardly noticed them. When she comes to your house, she's in charge. Oh my I, I think uh, me and my wife love the <laughs> fact that we can just relax yeah. you know, you just mom she take care of you she's still we get up dinner's what, fa- ready get up your What's your
0: what's your favorite meal that your mom cooks oh, so something she would cook even as a kid you man if you found out it was in the in the kitchen you you made sure you were there. It didn't matter I was there anything, anything. oh she's anything. cooking on there. Yeah, well, that's probably anybody. Pearl, that was big rule two. Yeah, 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 if, if you weren't there, yeah, 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 yeah you, you might not be
1: there next day. You know, that's right.
0: That's right. Did you guys eat as a family together a lot?
1: Uh, yeah, without could, dad, cook, mainly. Without, mainly without dad. He was still at work, uh, so you know, it was a chance to probably talk about all sorts of things during the day. What happened in your day? Yeah, uh, but sometimes she wasn't there too. You know, she would cook, and then she was a sewer, so she'd go back to the sewing room and. Stop getting all those hospital garments. Yeah, and everything ready. Mm. Nice.
0: So she, Oh, okay. Okay, I learned something new. Didn't know that's what she did. Yeah. Okay. So let me. So so there's there's another theme to this. And again, we talk about culture. And right now, you know, definitely digging into, you know, the makings of, you know, one of the one of the best basketball players in the world, right? You know, coming from, and that's that's essentially, you know, you know where where Piro took his took his took his abilities and some of what he's learned so there's another theme that I'm picking up from your parents, and that is sacrifice so your dad mm. you know he, he he sacrificed a lot and, and and based on you know what you're telling me um, and if i' also remember in a conversation that we had you know maybe even some of your siblings might have even had to sacrifice from time to time uh, for different things but when did you did you always notice was it was it kind of a thing growing up as a kid like my dad's working his tail off, and he's sacrificing and it was that was that a,
1: a ongoing conversation at the house was it I think I didn't notice it at the time as a kid I noticed it uh, probably in my last years at home yeah uh,
0: which I think is probably common for most for most teenagers yeah. yeah you
1: know that that old adage my dad you know being from the uh, the from the Scots you know very highly uh, current bookkeeper. Yeah, yeah. So he wrote anything that went out of the house went on a checkbook. Oh, wow. So you, he knew exactly what was going out. Going in. Exactly going what in. Going yeah, going yeah, in. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he would write it out. He taught me how to write checks. Okay, okay. Um, and then just write down to the last detail. And then he would always write a check for anything to do with school. Yeah. stationery, uniform, uh, trip to go somewhere and learn about science. As soon as he came to basketball, he'd stop and look at me, take his glasses off and have, here it comes, another line, here we go. <laughs> you know, and he'd say these things, you can do this depending on your grades. So I knew I couldn't do anything to do with basketball. Yeah. Unless I met the what he wanted. Okay. So I made sure I, you know, I got that B-minus. Or I got that C, which is a pass. C's mm-hmm. the passes, mm-hmm. and then you know he'd always ask for a bit more. But I knew I wouldn't, wasn't going anywhere, for sport unless I did that. So and that's so, what he held against us. You know? So what,
0: what? What year did you graduate high school? Just to kind of give these. Ninety-one. Ninety-one. So you graduated high school in nineteen ninety-one. I graduated in nineteen ninety-eight. So Piro's much older than I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> couldn't so, tell. <laughs> couldn't tell, guys. So um, in in that in that process. Um, Give a, give a little bit of paint a picture for the folks who've never been to New Zealand and don't know much about the history. How big was the town? What's the population of the town you grew up in?
1: Oh, it used to be massive way back when when the works was going. Uh, we must. It's an industrial work. Yeah, we yeah. must. have had our school, about fifty three people, and about forty of them were my cousins. Um, fifty
0: three total. Don't don't lose that.
1: Yeah, that was like three. How classes. How many rooms?
0: Uh, yeah, so there's three. There's three rooms three in the classes. school. Yeah, three classes. Okay. Yeah.
1: And uh, it was popping, you know. Yeah. It was. It was where I was from. It was massive. In fact, this city of Whangarei, my mum used to call that Auckland, <laughs> and tricked me until I was about probably nine, and, and I thought I was going to Auckland every week. And it only took twenty minutes to get so, there. And it wasn't that big in itself. No, Yeah. You had about probably fifty thousand people there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Auckland holds a million plus. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was my school, and I thought that was that was everything yeah so so
0: so you're seeing that and that kind of paints that picture you know here you've got um you know a a young kiwi athlete who kind of bucks the trend who has parents who are instilling things in him that um i'm certain you guys are going to pick tones up in as he kind of progresses through his his basketball career and his life that A lot of what we learn so if you're a parent listening to this or you know you're someone who works with youth the impressions that we're making on people you know you, you, you there it has to be it has to be conveyed in a very direct way but also you know as 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 you heard you know There's a peril worked his tail off, and you guys will learn. Like he, he he had some God-given ability, but you know he's not dunking from the free throw line, and he's not like he. he, There took a massive amount of work to get to where he ended up, and and he clearly that was modeled, you know, by his dad and and by his parents. I mean, you know, I I just aged him. We're definitely not going to age his parents, but as he said, they're still working, and they're still you know they're they're still active, and they're still doing these things. You know that's that is very much part of the culture so so what was it so so you're you're going to high school and when did you did it ever hit you in those youth years that basketball wise i think i'm better than most other guys that i'm i'm playing against or playing around
1: no i think you know uh, where i'm from we're known as a, a city of gods. everybody was a god because there's no bigs so if you were 6'2 you were pretty much a center, but everybody played guard. Grew up as a guard, and it wasn't until you, and it wasn't until you, the last year of high school and maybe the next two years that you got pushed into being a four or five man, a center or a power forward. I didn't grow until my last year of school. I grew from about six foot to about six 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 seven. Oh wow! You know, okay. So, so you six, were a guard. So you were a guard. Yeah, in a it was way. point yeah. guard. Okay, you know? and um. I was point guard on the court and I was a halfback or the, what they call a hooker in yeah, yeah, on the field. Yeah. So I was very much a little man but always had the ball. Yeah. You know, and I think I was able to take a lot of those guard skills to being a big guy later in my career. And I think that first year or two uh, out of high school really made me kind of look different because because of the ball-handling ability and a bigger guy, yeah. And, and a, uh, b- I think that's what was the difference, you know. And I was able to make bigger teams then. Yeah, I couldn't make no big teams when I was younger.
0: Yeah. Did 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 the physicality of growing up playing rugby did that equate or or help you at all playing? Definitely. Yeah.
1: Definitely. There was nothing. There was nothing more kind of uh, better than to to prepare me for confrontation in the game of rugby league. And playing against all of the north, you know. Yep. I mean, we had grown
0: grown men hitting and grabbing and pulling and.
1: Oh, I just remember seeing kids uh, that were the families and parents were part of gangs, and then the kids walking out on the field, and I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and, but you know what? Everybody was thought the same thing, you know. Absolutely. Like when we walked out on the field, you. I don't know what's the terminology. I don't know if I should use the word predator, but
0: yeah, uh, no, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. We're all what, but, but we're it, but all a,
1: predators, and all, we're all on top of it when yeah. we walk on the field. And it's only after the game do you feel like a victim.
0: I, I'm actually glad you worded it that way because I, <laughs> I believe I believe that's the case. And whether even if you're in business, right? Business. Listen, we're we're talking. We're not talking about like you know just casual play. When you when you're playing a competitive sport, when you're in business, you're. Everybody is a predator yes you, you, you can you can be eaten by the next yeah. person to take your spot somebody's always looking to
1: take your spot you could lose to somebody absolutely you know, somebody's somebody
0: wants what you have if you're in front right yeah. everybody's always gunning for you so so you go through high school you start growing you grow now all of a sudden you know you're a good basketball player now you're bigger and can play with the grown men and a basketball player um, What was your experience? To Tell me about the first time you tra- you probably traveled to Australia some as a kid. Did you, you, you come over When I went
1: way. as a 17-year-old in the under-20s, 16-year-old in the under-20s. So was that the first time you left the country at first 17? time. And I always wanted to travel, you know, because I wanted yeah. to get out of my little little town, little village, Portland. And, and why, why did you want to
0: do that? Just to see the world. Yeah, so you know, everybody was that in my community?
1: village... 80% we were related to, they were my cousins. And I see them every day, and we are really close cousins. So, so,
0: so the Kiwi culture back then, and even still some today, I think I think it's definitely changing, was you grow up, you graduate high school, and then you just stick around and help the family and stick
1: close? Yeah, you know, like um, I come from a big, really big family and a village community that stuck together. And, Young kids were always seen and not heard, you know. Yeah. So we knew our place. We weren't to speak. We were meant to wait and just let everything go. And then we'll, later in the night we could do things, you yeah, know. Yeah. So I, I I wanted to get out. And so did my mum. My wanted to push us out, you know. She said, you got to go. Here's a chance. Go. Don't stop. Ride that wave. Keep going and going and going. Yeah. Mm.
0: Ab- absolutely. Um, so... When so, then, then, so you you traveled. Where was the next country you visited after Australia? Oh, is that the States? Is that when you came over?
1: Might have been the state. actually, it was the States. doing the development tours over there yeah. with the, the national team. Man, we were getting smacked left, right, and center, just playing in a way. What was the biggest
0: cultural difference you noted? Noticed by because Australia and New Zealand they're close by, they, they share some of the same culture. You came to the States, that was a... Whole different ball game.
1: Yeah, I think Australia. There was two or three states who are clearly better than us, yeah. and there was two or three states we competed with. Mm-hmm. You know? But when we got to America,
0: what, what did you know about the United States before you got there? What were your What was your preconceived you these, know, idea?
1: These guys were eating savory stuff for breakfast. <laughs> they're eating. I was like, no, they're not. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah, you know, that was pretty, pretty unbelievable. Um, but the basketball just just a doggy dog mentality yeah the best player had the ball 80% of the time yeah. you know the they just were relentless in how much effort and time and money and tv and everything they put into the game i was like wow yeah this is where of, i want to be a lot of passion a lot of passion a lot of resources in it a yep. lot of support in the crowd you know yep. it was just phenomenal
0: which is which is pretty interesting to hear from a guy who comes from a country where, you know, to start a major sporting event, you guys exude maybe what I think few people would argue around the sporting world as the most passion of, of any sports team.
1: Look, you know... When and you, and, that,
0: and that's the Haka. I'm, I'm pronouncing that correctly.
1: But when you see... When you see the All Blacks, that's a little bit special, the All Blacks. You know, we yeah. we couldn't go to an All Black it, game, but it was on TV for yeah. free, so we watched it. Yeah. And our eyes were glued, and, you know, no one was more passionate about it than us. But basketball was their rugby, you know, was I've, our rugby.
0: I've spent so much time in your country that the hair actually stands up on my arms. When I think about a Haka, and when I think about that, that is, and and can you, can you share with those those folks, you know, what, what a haka is? What it, Because I think definitely, if no one sees it, it looks very... When you say predator, and they think of the haka, it probably is you know, a little bit intimidating to some people. But it's actually not an intimidating thing at all, most of the time. It's
1: so today, it's a, it's a sign of respect. To the opponent. Absolutely. And it's a challenge in preparation to... Throw down, and let's put everything into this game today. Yeah, and the history of it wall, comes from this, a very warrioristic. Yeah, like you know, it's time to go to battle. Go to battle. First to die on the uh, field is considered—it's uh, unbelievable. Yeah, you know, and and we're here to die today. I hope you guys are inviting death. This is going to be a great war today. Let's go! Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, and it's awesome.
0: Yeah, and that, and that's the same thing in sports, right? And that's 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 absolutely. how absolutely you
1: empty the tank. Yeah, you it all, you all out there on the field or the court. Afterwards, with friends. Yeah, know?
0: absolutely, and then that is the case. So if you've ever seen it and you've had a preconceived judgment of it, hopefully that clears it up for you because it is it is very. I've seen it, I've seen it in different scenarios. The very first time I ever saw um, A Haka perform live in person i was actually at the airport and um there was a, a young man coming back from overseas and i think he had been gone some time and i'm quite certain a majority if not all of his close and extended family were there at the gate when he come through customs welcoming him. and you could hear it ringing throughout the airport and it was it was it was it was i mean you just have to stop and and admire it because what i notice about the kiwi culture is is the fact of how much Effort and how much time you guys pay respect to your culture, and it is very much, um, you know, even even today. I noticed, I noticed that about your brother when I when I watch him on, you know, Facebook Live or different things. You know, he very much tries to um, show respect, and, and he'll you you know he'll he'll carry on and he'll say something, and then he'll say it in you know in the Modi language, yeah. and then he'll go through which I which I love because you guys still. Because time, time happens, right? The English language happens. Technology happens. It, you know, it's, 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 it's taught less and less, you know, in school. So it can be forgotten. And, you know, this is one of the few places in the world where it's not forgotten. You know, it's not it's not forgotten. And and I, I, I absolutely love it. So you start playing basketball. Let's fast forward a little bit. Now, all of a sudden, you're playing with the national team. And you're 20, 21, right in there. Is that kind of when... So you didn't go to this? He didn't come to the United States and play.
1: No. Uh,
0: and had opportunity.
1: I think I did. I think I had an opportunity to go to a couple of schools. One was the uh, BYU in Hawaii. Uh, I think Colorado State, uh, maybe a couple others. And uh, at that time, the year before, there was a couple of guys that it. Uh, I think college life just didn't agree with a couple of the Kiwis that went over three or four. Bit, of a, it was... bit of
0: a culture shock to them and.
1: Oh. You know, I think one or two ran into uh, problems with the law. Yeah. And my mum said, no, well, you're not going there. That's a red flag right now. Yeah. So uh, she pushed me down to Waikato and I enrolled at the uh, WinTech there. And um, right there was a sports academy that teaching you how to be an athlete, a professional athlete. Yep. And we met all sorts of, you know, great people. Famous guys that went on to play not just rugby, but went on to be Olympians and play top-grade rugby in the in the country, netball, every every sport you can think of. Everybody wanted to be representing New Zealand and go as far as they could. They were there, right? And we were the second intake uh, to go through, and I went through with a basketball player guy named Judd Flavel. He's mm-hmm. currently with the Breakers. Absolutely, and, great know, guy. Um, yeah, great guy. You know, and he's from where I'm from. Yeah. And so we had the same dream. We managed to go on there and have a, two years playing with the local Waikato team. Did it help having somebody there from home? Unbelievable. Come, yeah. You know, he was – sometimes he was a pain, but he was yeah. awesome for me. Yeah, you but know, you knew he knew you knew he had your back.
0: You knew, Always. Yeah. You know,
1: he's – and he's gone on and he's – you know, he, he was with me at the world champs in 02. Yeah. And now he's a very good coach and he coaches in the New Zealand League and for the breakers.
0: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So how much – how much did it mean to you back then? When when did you? How old were you when you made the, your first national team? When you were when you were full on?
1: I think I was turning eighteen. Turning eighteen. Yeah. yeah.
0: And um, when? How, how much did it mean to you? Did you understand when you first made it, or was it something that was always kind of around in the sports, you know, communities there in New Zealand? How how much? How much pride comes along with, you know, wearing that, you know, that New Zealand singlet?
1: Oh, amazing. Like, I had some heroes and idols of mine that had played it for the last 10 years. You yeah. Know, I, had the, I had the captain, as name is Glenn Denham. I had a guy who was in my position. I looked up to Peter Poker. Yeah. I had my cousin, Byron Vitoi, who um, probably should have... He's an unbelievable basketball player. And... Probably should have taken that uh, scholarship at the um, for being a quarterback. It was unbelievable quarterback, you know, over there. But they were all my heroes, and I was so happy to be. uh, There's a massive sense of pride. Oh, huge!
0: You know, and um, you know, it's 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 a small community there, you know, within the sports world in New Zealand. But the country in itself is, you know, it's it's three four million people, and you know, is a lot of pride, like most countries. So. You you know you represent your country, your you know you're you're traveling around the world um, where most people you know I back then I would say there's even a lot of people who probably thought New Zealand was just an island that was part of Australia you know it's just over there you know it's it's what have you and you know having that pride that comes along with it. Did that give you an extra sense of motivation to you know to work on your game and to get better? Was it like you you wanted to be the best you could be to represent? Like you were you were you were in the basketball world when you traveled around and you played you and your teammates. That might be the first and only experience anybody ever had to New Zealand, and I mean was was that was that part of? Did that come from your coaches? Does that was that just ingrained from a a society thing or?
1: I think my first touch of. You know, first time we played Australia gave me that desire to be bigger and better. Yeah. Cuz they just whipped up the on us. The big brother next door, you wanted oh, they yeah. killed us, you know, and they they had an older team and you know, my thoughts was well, when they go, they're not going to be as good as they think they are when the new crew come through. Yeah. And um, so we 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 waited a long time. We didn't get that time until I think 2000.
0: So 2000, what'd you do? 2000, where, where'd you play? Uh, that was the yeah. Olympics. Sydney Olympics. Sydney Olympics. Yep. Was that special for you being very, that close to very, home? Very,
1: very special. I think just because we know uh, we had competed with um, Australia. Yeah. Uh, a couple of events prior, a couple of years prior, but also you know the Australians were expected to finish top four, even yeah. even third. Sure. So we who, was, pl- who was
0: playing? Who, who were some of the top people there in Australia playing at that time?
1: They had leading up to it they had they had obviously Luke Longley. Yep. Yeah. They, they had they had a great they had a young CJ Bruton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very good. Yep. You know, um, Gaze. Yeah. Andrew Gaze. Obviously Shane Hill, yep, yep. They had they had them all. Yep. You know? Um, Absolutely so they, were, they i
0: remember were, i remember i remember why australia was one of those teams you know in the states you you know you enjoyed watching you know when they, they were le- tough yeah 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 and they yeah. had their own style of basketball oh. and quick and they had a great move the ball really really well, well too, yeah yeah know, yeah
1: so, and they were tough um and so they competed but they didn't quite get it i think
0: how now where did you guys where did where did new zealand finish that year in the oh, olympics
1: we started off with a hiss and a roar you know we come really close to beating france I think we're really close to Italy and we, you know both losses, and then yep. we fell away as the tournament went on.
0: And so you guys you guys are there, you you, you go and you play, and um, you guys don't have any world-known athletes at that time. You're not a, there's no NBA players playing with you guys.
1: Uh, we had Kirk Penny and Sean Marks, you know, they were the American base. One was in college at uh, Wisconsin. Yeah. And I think the other had just started his career. Yeah. In the nba and never really played but they were our heroes you know yeah we only dreamt about going to college and here's this guy in college kirk penny yeah shooting it up yeah you know doing really well and obviously sean mark's making it an and hearing him way. come yeah. home
0: and tell the stories about life oh. over there and
1: you know just i mean they're wearing all the latest gear home and, yeah and I, I just remember the shoes i'm sure the shoes stood the out shorts they just voluntarily gave me it was yeah, amazing yeah. you know yeah. thank you kirk thank you sean <laughs>
0: absolutely now, now what are those guys doing now
1: yeah Kirk's uh, uh, got two with lovely wife Aud- Audrey I'm not sure where they are they yeah Sean a Marks is Sean
0: Marks now is
1: Sean Marks is in some big time team Brooklyn I think and yeah running a show he's there a,
0: he's an executive for an NBA team um and which is which is pretty cool. He, I've I've never met him, um, but he's oh great guy. Every, everybody boys, I've ever heard talk about him
1: Boys down the line
0: have have nothing but positive things to yeah. say about him.
1: His family actually, when I was young, his parents, they used to um, the mom and the brother and the dad, they used to billet me in Auckland. Oh, it was luxury life of luxury. Yeah,
0: billet means put up. They let him stay at yeah. Let him they stay put at up with me for yeah, a week yeah, or yeah. two. Yeah, and and you'll notice that again. It's you know notice notice. Notice the tone of his voice and how everybody's family and accepting everybody in, and you know, you know, he definitely. I have no, I know, I know, Piero, Piero is very competitive, and you know, when when he competes at something, he's very much like I am. Nothing's going to get in his way, and if you tell me I can't do something, good luck because you just created a monster, and you're going to do that in a lot of ways, and you know, so these people that he speaks so highly of and and so much, you know, um, care for when he talks and. You know, if you notice, you know, he talks about their family first. He didn't talk about what they're actually doing because, you know, it's he definitely battled with these people. He definitely has, you know, had, you know, uh, competition with these people and, and those kind of things. But it just comes back to that that Karen and, and that love and and that, you know, that doing the right thing. Right. You know, we can all compete. Um, and I talk a lot about that. You know, I, I want to. I want to build the biggest empire that I can build, whatever I'm doing within my business by doing it the right way. And um, by uh, and I'll share a little bit about how Piero and I met here in just a minute. But um, by by I don't necessarily want to I'm not here that there's competition I actually enjoy because I have um, the utmost um, belief in myself and the belief in what my abilities are so competition doesn't bother me um i'm not here to tear the next man down or tear the next building down i just think that i can build mine bigger by doing it the right way and um so 2000 so kind of getting back to peril so 2000 olympics you start off it's exciting it's you know you got a lot of family there a lot of support and then you don't necessarily have the run that you want to have in that olympics
1: no but you know first time uh, Olympian and something I'm gonna treasure and something for uh, mum and dad to turn around and be proud of you know yeah. and you got to tick that box because they're the ones that help you get yeah. there you know and you know something special for me because I had three younger siblings and uh, Jeannie Ray and uh, Zeta and one thing my dad said when I was leaving he said you know don't piss us up against the wall because is no more. Maybe your sister, meaning Jody, will get through. Yeah, but we can't afford the next three. Yeah, because it's just too expensive. Yeah. So I knew all the opportunities, all the, everything was thrown into our basket. Everything yep. was launched. So they,
0: they made a, they made a lot of sacrifices. Yeah, for, for you. me
1: and my sister. Right, and that's what they said. And you're still to,
0: super close to your, to your, to your, uh, to your siblings. You, that, those are. Oh, it's yeah, just because yeah.
1: I knew the next three weren't going to get the same yeah. opportunities. Yeah. You know, and when I went and watched them play high school ball and...
0: Did that put a sense of pressure on you?
1: Oh, yeah. Huge. Because I know that they haven't got what I got given. Yeah. You know, and you start imagining, like, you don't think like that. You think, man, this is just normal. But when when you look around and your mom and dad say, it's just you and your sister. And, and they knew history. that. Your siblings knew that. No, they of, didn't. They, they were they didn't. too young. Oh, okay. I was just looking at them like, damn, it's on me. You know, and I'm glad they shared that with me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And going and watching them all play in high school, they were clearly more talented. Yeah. My brother was exceptional. Yeah. You know, the next sister was, you know, she was six foot, six one, point guard. Yeah. Exceptional. The youngest one was better than them all. Yeah. And, you know, just almost made me cry knowing that. They weren't going to get that opportunity me, me, that I got. And I was really lucky, me and uh, uh, Jody, you know, we both captained the national team and we both went to the Olympics. Yeah. So I think, whereas we may not be as talented as them, we're a little bit more determined yeah. to make things work. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. And it probably they come from a different time. A different, things different era. Th- yeah. Th- you know, New Zealand changed quickly. You know, from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, it absolutely. progressed, and it, and it I changed. I remember
1: doing the dishes all the time back then. When they grew up, they had a dishwasher. I was like, what's this? <laughs> yeah. My mom yeah. turned around and said, these are the times.
0: Yeah, you were the dishwasher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I was like, please. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Out. So so fast forward two years later. Two years later, you're playing in the World Champs, the World Championships.
1: World Champs, another, like, you know, way back when I was 15, uh, there was the opportunity to fill out some grants, uh, there were at the a Hillary commission back then and if you set some goals and you go about put a training program in, they give you $500 towards it, you know, and mm-hmm. I remember filling it out and giving it in and I forgot to put the goals in a lady, Waimata Matamanu, who was there, she's a big time netball coach yeah. and one of our greats for netball, she said, but you got to put some goals in. So I put these goals in about playing Olympics, captaining and getting a medal. Well, two of them happened, happened and not the medal, you know, so... Mm-hmm. I'm still chasing that middle as a coach. Yeah,
0: but you guys went on a heck of a run. And and basketball fans from around the world will um, – they will they will remember this. You had no NBA players. And you guys had an unbelievable draw going in. Look,
1: we – I think, you know, there's a lot of things that fell our way. But, you know, we had pretty amazing coaching staff who were pretty yeah. determined. Uh, who were your coaches then? Uh, Ted Baldwin and Nenad Vucinich. You know, okay. they're both – one coaches in Philippines, the other coaches in uh, Italy in top league there. Both amazing coaches for us, but their preparation was second to none. You're really smart. So guys. teaching you,
0: te- teaching you how to how to get prepared for your
1: for... preparation is everything. First game was against Russia. We scouted the heck out of them. You know, it was a little bit older team. They were getting towards their, I wouldn't say twilight years, but definitely they were going to celebrate uh their career in the next couple of years yeah a guy Panov, another guy you know they were so, so, you're, so you're so
0: you're so your national team coaches definitely taught you some stuff oh and, and it had really probably nothing to do about with basketball at all it's you know it's it's
1: sometimes it didn't feel like it. it just yeah you know well, what, what,
0: what were some things that was there anything you took away from those coaches that that, that, you, that you still kind of stick to today in your in your pulse in your personal life
1: oh just
0: you I mentioned think. preparation You show up. Mental
1: games they play with you, just amazing. You know, just
0: to get you mentally strong.
1: To to get you over the hump, to get you over the line. Yeah, you know, and and just the planning. Yeah, very very good planners. You know, and something we're still learning today. But they put some ideas in our minds. you know, that next group. Uh, but they got us across that first. Once we beat Russia, anything was possible. We knew it.
0: And you, And, and that, and that's what that. So, so your coaches so what what did they I'm on a big kick right now of especially with the youth um, you know showing kids or showing people I think you know one of the most powerful things you can do is just letting someone know you believe in them so what what gave you guys the belief i mean you are you guys look you you've, you've never you've never meddled you've never really really never competed you've definitely competed but what i'll call the big dogs right your big european countries you know north america um you know what what get what i mean how what in the world made you guys think that you could come from a country of three million people and and you could compete what gave you that what what
1: we had a core of guys who were been together for over 10 years that really helped you know 10 years together playing for juniors and then into seniors, and then we added some really special players as well. They were very different. They could really do things differently than the normal the normal way the game is played. Look our belief was was massive, riding each win, making it really hard to go to sleep at night because you're just in disbelief about what happened that day. But it was all brought back to earth when we, uh, I think we went into a game against the US team. half-time, we're down 55, 52. And I remember walking through the changing room door.
0: Who on, was on that US team?
1: Some pretty good players. Um, Paul Pierce, Finley, uh, Richardson was here, yep. I think. Yeah. Oh, they have- they had a gang of players.
0: No, f- nothing but NBA All Stars.
1: They were pretty good. Yeah, they might not have been. They might have been one or two big names missing. But yeah, they were still good.
0: Kobe was Kobe there? Was Kobe on that Kobe team? Kobe wasn't there. Kobe wasn't on that team. Yeah. Uh, um, Kevin Garnett was he on the team? Yeah, I think he was there. He he he, he was pretty good.
1: Yeah, Garnett was there a yeah. lot of times. Yeah. Um.
0: So you so you walk in you walk in you walk in the locker room, down three or four points at halftime.
1: Yeah, I think it was 55 52 or 55 50, one of those. And I remember the door closing, and I was just so ecstatic. And I just, what's the word complacency? Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit happier than you yeah, probably yeah. should be. Yeah. Not yeah, a little comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're still riding those wins throughout the whole time. And then we went out and we lost by 50. Yeah. And I was like, hold on. Last time we <laughs> lost, we lost by nearly 50, 40 odd. Yeah. Half time, it's three point game. And we still lose by 50. 50 points. Yeah. I just said, ooh. Okay. Reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. A
0: little, little slap in the face. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I was just like, wow. Like, how did that happen? I thought we were yeah, ready. Yeah.
0: And it happened quick. Real quick. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so. Is that, know, is that, is
0: that, um, that's w- probably the biggest, that's probably the biggest loss you've ever experienced from the sports world, like in that.
1: Americans generally, I don't know if them and Torvald actually, the 50 points is that, Barrier—they just can't seem to break too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, they yeah. get right there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it was good. Uh, Refocus us, and then we we're able to get focused for the rest of the tournament. Yeah, and
0: you guys finished fourth. Yeah, we fourth lost in the world.
1: We lost in the semis to uh, Yugoslavia. That really killed us. Really, game we were leading most of the way, and we lost. And we really never got over it. And we still focused a little on that in the uh, bronze medal, lost to Germany by 20.
0: And and. You know, still fourth highest. I think you guys have have finished in the world. I think is still. Um,
1: yeah, it's the best we've finished ever.
0: Absolutely. And how much how much pride did that give you? How, much, oh, you, how what, think, kind of, what kind of what reception? I'm, I'm assuming I think was, I was
1: depressed for like six months. Why? Why? You I felt you, medal. you went so
0: close, but it wasn't a medal for you. It was what kind of, my country? Oh, a medal for one, everybody. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, it's always been that trying to put the Kiwi on the map and say, Hey, you know, like we can get this Kiwi to this team as an import. You know, traditionally around the world you get the American. Yeah. Um, but I wanted really You wanted I want the world to say, let's get the Kiwi, you know? Yeah. That's what I wanted. Yeah. Just so that there's more than what the eye meets. why
0: what? but but what 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 is that so 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 we'll get to it, but you you actually what you didn't know is everything you were doing and the hard work you were putting in would eventually do that, would, would eventually shine the light on, and, and we'll get to that in a minute. But what – obviously obviously, there's personal accomplishments.
1: Yeah, I think just as an athlete I was a little bit selfish in wanting the win and wanting the medal.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's selfish. I think it's called being competitive. So, yeah. It you know, is. Yeah, yeah.
1: When you're a coach. You look back at us being a little bit selfish. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, I, and
0: that's good. So you, you you realize you you were selfish. You, you realize as a coach you can look back and do some self assessment and say I should have I should have done this differently. I should have I should have done that. And and that's a massive. We should have done. We should have done. You know, yeah, a lot of and, that. And you know you, they they like I know a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys that that um, uh, that Pirro played with, uh, you know, the Mark Dickles of the world, and you know these guys. They're they're still involved with the game. They're they're still very much this sense of pride um, of trying to continue to uplift the game and, and, and nurture the, the grassroots part of it. And that's, that's the really cool part about what we get to do is we get to see that, but we get to interact and, and, and you know, and, and, and play a, a, a real small part in that. But um, for you, you then go and you're playing overseas. You're playing internationally. You're playing professionally. Um, whereabouts did you kind of bounce around?
1: Uh, I had four years in England uh that was i was there i really enjoyed it there um but who'd, I really who'd, wanted who'd, to get who'd my you who did you play with i played chester up there uh with robbie pierce and mike burton was that
0: a culture change for you going unbelievably
1: the people i met there especially teammates they're still friends and family today yeah uh and it was just a nice special time yeah of um for all of us yeah and the people there were just so down to earth you know yeah the coach and the, the ownership
0: Absolutely. Um, so now kind of fast forward a little bit. Now we're going to dig into a couple of things. So your basketball career ends from a playing standpoint. And what regrets do you have? Do you have any regrets looking back?
1: Uh, I, I don't know about regrets, but things you could have done better. Um, you know, when you're an athlete, you're blind to what your family at home is, meaning your mom and dad and your siblings and also your your partner and your immediate kids. You know, I mean, they've just been following your career. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, at the end of it, where are you? Yeah. And you got to be a little bit mindful of what they want to do and things. You know, they got well, boxes that, they need yeah, to check and that, off and, too. Yeah. And,
0: that, and that's what I was going to say. Even now, you've you've kind of assumed the role in some ways, like your dad. You know, you have. Different dreams and different things that, you know, you know coaching different places internationally you'd love to do, but you've kind of let those take a back seat massively. You know, for, for, for your kids.
1: Yeah, I had two boys who were struggling in their last two years of high school. That, you know, uh, I was chasing my dreams, and it was probably pushing me further away from my family, and you know, my my sons needed help, my family needed help, so. Kind of squash everything and yeah. to put them in a better place than what I was at, and you know I'm very happy now that I see my daughters.
0: Yeah, now you get to spend a lot of time with your daughter, and oh, the, the boys are out of the house, so you you know
1: it's she rules
0: the roost now, I'm sure.
1: It was really hard because it was you don't know what to do. Yeah. you know you, you 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 got these dreams you want to chase, but well, are you going to chase it for another 20 years? You just yeah. chased one dream for 20 and yeah. did really well, and then. You about to put your family on the back burner for another twenty? Yeah, yeah. you know. So one of two things had to happen. Yeah, and uh, you know, I chose uh, the wealthier of the kids. I think, I think, and in the process, it's probably made me better. Oh, I w- Yeah, I, I mean, I've. been Piro and I've, happier.
0: Piro and I have known each other for um, going on five years now, and um, you know, uh, Pierre and I just have a. I think since, you know, the first time we, we talked definitely, but the first time he and I met face to face, so I'll, um, you know, give you a little bit of context. So obviously you guys know, I, I own and, and, and CEO, a, a sports, um, academic and athletic uh, recruiting company. We help high school age athletes around the world access opportunities to come play sports at a university here in the States. And, um we we work with student athletes all over the world um this was five years ago and i I always tell this story um because if you ever go to new zealand um, and you mention piero cameron virtually everybody knows him right somebody and if they don't know him you just tell a little bit of story and they know exactly who you're talking about he has he has that kind of presence and um in a very humble way, I actually get on Piro quite a bit that he doesn't push his own personal brand and own personal things out there um, to access some of the opportunities that he's created because of the hard work that he put in years and years ago. And I'll, 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 I'll never forget this story. My wife actually still remembers this story. So um, I will confess, five years ago, um, I had no idea who Piro Cameron was. Not a clue. And was living here in the Gold Coast and heard about what we were doing here in Australia, and you're welcome to cut me off or correct me if I if I tell anything uh, anything off, but he heard about what we were doing and um, somehow got my phone number from somebody, and I'm sitting at home, and I'm eating dinner, and the phone rings, and I get international calls all the time, so it's nothing for me to answer, and I answer the phone, and I'm eating spaghetti or something sitting there, and my daughters, you know, we're talking about school, and the phone rings, and uh, can I speak to Shane? Uh, I said, "Well, this is him." And he says, "Well, this is Piro." And I sat there for a second, and I thought, "Well, shit, I don't know who I don't know who Piro. I don't I don't know Piro." I said, "Hi, right, Piro." So you got to give me a little bit more than that. I don't, you know. He said, "Piro Cameron." I was like, "Gosh dang, I, I'm clearly supposed to know who this is, and I don't know who it is." So I, I, if any of you, definitely five years ago, my computer is always on and always open anywhere I'm at. So. I'm Googling kind of as he's talking, I clearly quickly figure out who it is. And then I'm thinking, well, first of all, how'd you get my cell phone number? And two, you know, why are you calling? So he proceeded to explain, he heard about what we were doing in, you know, here across Australia and helping athletes and not only what we were doing, but how we were doing it. And he said, you know, how, and this is going to speak volumes and this is why I wanted to save this part to the end. So you guys can, can piece it all together. He called me and one of the first things that he said was, you know, hearing about what you guys are doing in Australia, what can I do to help get something like this or help get you guys into my home country? Because I would like to create opportunities for kids back home where I grew up, just like you're doing here. And immediately I didn't know anything, anything about him. I didn't know if he was a good guy, a bad guy. I didn't know. I knew nothing. But I learned all I needed to know about a guy willing to take time out of his day to that has done the things that he's done to just pick up the phone and call somebody and help kids that he doesn't even know that, you know, that just because they live in a country where he came from and play a sport that he um, that he played, he has a sense of. You know, a sense of pride, but a sense of, you know, predators sometimes are protectors. And with the game of basketball, you and I, you know, have definitely had some very private and very um, intimate conversations about how protective you are of the game. And it, the game means a lot to you, but your country means a lot more to you. And it just so happens that sports allows you to give back to your country. And am I am I so far? I'm 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 accurate so far on this? Yeah, you no. know, um,
1: I think I had a lot of help with that with my uh, my um, what you my my national team co-coaches and staff. You know, right down to my. The physio, also the masseuse, and the current head coach. Because you don't make
0: a lot of money coaching youth, youth in basketball in New Zealand.
1: Oh, I, I soon realized this is where I wanted to be. Yeah. And it wasn't the money. Yeah. It was the people. Yeah. You know, like, I want to be around my people helping out the young ones where I can. Yeah. Get opportunity where maybe I didn't get the same opportunity. And that's
0: what you said to me. You said, because I think there's a lot of kids in our country – can have opportunities that i either didn't take advantage of myself or i wish i would have taken advantage of back then to because i could have you know and the culture was different in your country that's why i wanted to set some pretenses oh. it was it was different now um i think uh and i'll say this tongue-in-cheek but by the time piero's boys were 16 17 he was he was ready to get rid of them <laughs> uh, at that point you know but uh i'm kidding they if, if you ever get to meet piero and his boys they um, they're comedians. Like they like they truly are. They're always, you know, pulling jokes and pranks on each other and it's uh, um, it's uh, they, they don't they don't they don't take life too serious and, and, and I've always picked up on that and um, I've actually tried to learn some of how you are as a dad and kinda of watching afar and hearing about your interactions and you know, you and I have a lot of those conversations. I think a lot of people would, would see us together and think we just talk about sports all the time.
1: You know, there's a lot of serious parts of life. Yeah. And if you keep being like that, you'll be highly strung, and I ain't got too much more here to lose. Yeah, right so, now,
0: yeah. yeah I'm, well, I'm, I'm, mine's turning gray. <laughs> Pearl's losing his, and mine's turning gray. So, um, you know, it's uh, – I uh, apologize. There's a helicopter flying over in the background here. So if you guys can see this, you've probably seen some of the mountain ranges out um, here on the beautiful Gold Coast. If you actually go that way – some of the most beautiful beaches that you'll see anywhere in the world.
1: Westpac rescue helicopter, very important part of our our being over here. in the Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so, so the rescue helicopter
1: that, um, if you get, uh,
0: if you get eaten by a shark in the, uh, in the, uh, in the ocean, if you can hear me, if you get eaten (laughs) by a shark, those guys are going to send somebody out and there's some, get your remains. Yeah. There's some fearless human that's going to dive in and, and, you know, who's willing to fight that shark for you to help, uh, Help, uh, help save you, but you know, kind of ca- getting back so I, I said yes, yeah. Apparel said we can do this, and here's what we need to do, uh, I don't know anything about New Zealand, but I'm game and he reached out and communicated with, you know, the national governing body and different people and you know, really made it known, hey, you know I, I want to help however I can help and if, and if connecting these guys here and and helping, and and, and I'm, and I'm going to be I'm going to be really, really honest, and there's a lot of young adults, and there are a lot of, and I do definitely try to sing the praises, and you notice I've had to pull Piro's accomplishments out of him. There's there's very much a saying in this part of the world called tall poppy syndrome, and that's, I don't want to be... I don't want to project myself as if I'm better than everyone else. We're all the same. We're all one and the same. So we're all level, right? We, we, get, we, get, we get credit for helping so many Kiwi, not just basketball players, because we first started with basketball in New Zealand, and now we're helping athletes in all different sports. But the snowball effect of Piro reaching out to me, connecting us with the national governing body, the national governing body realizing and this is five years ago four or five years ago and realizing that you guys had something special there and the sport was growing and the sport was getting better and there's not a lot of pathways for a lot of kids you know in New Zealand and um you know it's very much an island and you know you either as Piro explained, you either grow up and you stick close to home and you, you there, or you come to Australia or you go somewhere else. And that, that's kind of it. Um, I quickly learned in doing some research, you know, things like New Zealand right now has the highest suicide rate for, for teens. And if you guys have ever met me or you've been to one of my talks, again, the hair on my arm stands up when I talk about these things is, is about leaving a legacy for me and ultimately a, I've learned so much about different cultures in this process and seeing people who wanted to do what they could use what you have to influence others, use your background to influence others, use your, your past and your experiences and your mistakes for the betterment of others. And you know, that, that's, that, that's what Pierre was doing when he did this and he reached out to me. And now. I mean there's hundreds of, of Kiwi basketball players now playing in the United States and, and have been that they owe a lot. They owe a lot to um, they owe a lot to basketball New Zealand, the people in basketball New Zealand and Tapiro and to there are other people like Mark Dickel and you know those folks down, you know, in Christchurch and these different places that, that brought us in and, and welcomed us in blindly to provide these opportunities, you know, for this use. So whether it's publicly out there or not, you guys, you guys are definitely responsible for a lot of that. And a lot of those guys you played with are responsible for. Those are the guys that are helping grow. the. I I couldn't even sit here and name everyone. There's so many people. And, you know, there is a sense of community that, um, um, there's a sense of community that that is there with
1: that yeah it's it's that whole whanau thing you know go ahead you're good it's that whole final thing there um that you know we're all being together we know what it takes and everybody you know that i played well 80 percent of them are all coaches within new zealand now at some level whether it's grassroots mbl you know we've got two coaches overseas currently and it's just wonderful
0: yeah, and it's it's an awesome thing. And um, the more and more athletes that are coming to the States and playing in our university system, they're going to eventually come back. And, yeah. and you know, you guys have have single-handedly impacted um, a culture and, and especially a sports culture for sure in a lot of ways just by caring enough to look out and wanting to pay. And, you've, and, and to be honest with you, Piro actually asked to not have any of the credit. He, he actually, He's like, look, I don't, I'm not doing this for, you know – he didn't want he actually passed it off and said hey you know I'm I'm gonna support you you know I believe you I want to do everything I can but I'm not doing this for me I'm doing it you know for others and you know that yeah yeah well it is opportunity but you care enough about where you come from you didn't
1: have to do that I mean
0: you you live a pretty pretty chill nice life If you've never been to the Gold Coast it's a beautiful place
1: we're going to the beach surely
0: we're going, we're going. to the beach. I'm going to film it. The guys, <laughs> The guys did not bring trunks, um, so hopefully, uh, hopefully they're um, they're not going commando today and they'll and they'll dive in. But yeah, it's it's and Nate. Nate is here. We'll shout Nate out, um, as you know. Nate's a big part of the podcast behind the scenes. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of wrap it up, and then for me, I think I think the biggest part of what I've taken out of this talk is sacrifice there there's no success without sacrifice and that was very much within your home culture and within your cult and within your within your community and hard work that's right there's no magic water there's no No magic magic water i like that there's none it's hard work do you um how do you what is what is what is do you know the Modi? what is the Modi word for hard work is there a I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, you are. Ra- Raymond, um, I, Raymond, if you were somewhere we could, I know Raymond
1: would know it. So there's a, there's a if you don't bit know of a, it, bit okay. of a yeah. saying they call Tato Tato, you know? Yeah. You do something good for others and it comes back to you. Doing
0: the right thing is always the right thing. Yeah. And that's, that's there. And then, and then helping, helping, helping others when they can't do anything for you. Absolutely. So, so the part that I, I didn't cover here that I definitely want to kind of put on the on the top of the cake, if you will, is recently Pirro had a had a uh, a recognition for all of this that he's that he's done, and from he really the highest honor you can probably get in in the basketball world. Individually, I- individually, but I know you don't look at it as an individual thing. And that's 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 kind of why I wanted to leave it to the end. So recently, 2016, you were elected into the FIBA World oh, yeah. Basketball. See, he doesn't this the FIBA World Basketball Hall of Fame. And he hasn't brought this up at all. He's really not lucky. going to. Yeah, he's very, very. Yeah. But a lot of hard work went into that. Yeah. And a lot of people's sacrifice went into that. And you have paid that forward. What what did it mean to you? What what do you think it meant to you from a culture standpoint, from your family, from your home country, even to – because you're a national team coach. You, you coach with the national team now and paying it forward yep. that way.
1: I think the biggest thing is, again, a little uh, – That's a huge the, honor. That's a huge honor. Thanks you know, to my mom and dad and their sacrifices they gave uh, and that – Anything's possible, you know, like a little, little, little village like Portland, 53 kids at the school and me wanting to play basketball and everyone else wanting to play rugby league. You know, anything's possible. Sure. And you just chase your dreams and you chase them hard. I thought you were going to talk about something else there. It's got me, uh, but I won't bring it up. But, um, yeah, really, really humbled when I got that award
0: yeah yeah uh i did that on purpose so i and i have a general idea where you probably thought i was going with it but um but that, again it, you know it, it there is this culture of i do great but i don't project it out individually because it's not about me it's ultimately owed to and paid back to those that have sacrificed and even back when you heard piero um kind of give you a brief synopsis of of what the haka means and it's celebrating and and how revered the first man to die on the battlefield was in a lot of ways individually that's what you did with basketball and i don't know if you've thought about it that way but you you were the first guy to kind of go out on the battlefield and give it all you got on the biggest stage you possibly could go and it's paved the way for you know guys like stephen adams who are playing in the nba and and those kind of things. And these guys coming up, you know, I, I have zero, zero hesitation or doubt to tell you in the next four years there'll be other Kiwis playing in the NBA. And and that's an awesome, awesome thing to see. And 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 you 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 put a lot of um you put it all on the battlefield for that. And right. in a very in a very sense of that. And I know your country's massively appreciative. Before that, um, you know, Kiwis all over the world. I, I joked the first time Piro and I actually met face to face was there in Wellington. And I'm, as I said, I'm, I'm a big guy. Piro's a big guy. And we're both very imposing guys. So when you walk down the street together, you walk around. You know, people either move to the other side of the street when you're walking because these two big guys, but people the random security guard. Hey, you're Piro. And he's like, oh, yeah, everybody just knows him. And it's he's never, you know, at least to me you know around me he's never carried himself as any different and, and he's very much you know a common man in a lot of ways and i think that culture resonates no matter if you're in business no matter if you're in family and family you know i, 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 I you're, you're a very strong figure as a dad but um you know you there's uh you know very very distinct um Equal opportunities in your household for everybody, and everybody, you know, everybody plays their part. And you guys are very, very tight knit, um, mainly due to Peril's wife keeping him in line and, and keeping him keeping him grounded. And um, you know, you got to have those people. And I've i i I'm enamored I'm enamored a lot with the Kiwi culture, and that's a big part of why I just wanted to. This is going to be different. It's going to be a different interview of some of what we've put out there, and um, I wanted it to be something to give a little bit of I mean you're 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 a you're a great ambassador to your country in a lot of ways and and I wanted to I wanted to help you put that out there but also for us I think people are going to listen to this and and listen to it a couple times watch it a couple times and and listen to some of the things, you know, not just what what he was saying about his culture but but how he was saying it and 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 what, you know, what he was actually what he was actually describing. And what what, I mean, g- give me give me a give me a summary, Peril. What is what, what what is what is New Zealand culture to you?
1: Yeah, I just want to add to that little um, being ambassador for New Zealand. You it's know, a little bit more than that because I've been living over here in Queensland for thirteen years. Yeah. So not just an ambassador there, but you know, I'm ambassador to the sport. Absolutely, you know, I totally the, agree. More than than has a country name to it. I'm absolutely. I want to help out the sport wherever it is absolutely right but i think culture in new zealand uh you know we're so spoiled with the way the all blacks act and their culture leading the front and you know i got taught this recently it's it's not a winning culture because winning is an outcome so it's what you do before and in preparation and during and the journey yeah before the winning comes, you know, and it's just an outcome, it may not come. Yeah. But if you can aim at a really high standard in a lot of things, that'll pretty much set you straight. You know, um, and it's humbling, you know, when when you see the All Blacks for an example, and this is an old example, they have a term where they sweep the sheds, you know, and a lot of other different you know, New South Wales so, 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 share with that a little bit. When they, so, what he's saying is, is, well, before they leave the changing room, they make sure it's sparkling the, clean. The
0: team is the one who cleans up. Yeah, the, and this is this is yeah, say this is an elite. This is one of the, oh, yeah. one of the most elite sports. But
1: te- They're not the only one.
0: They're, they're the dream team. So you think NBA basketball? They're, they're the they're the basketball dream team of the rugby world. They are easily the most dominant force when it comes to rugby anywhere in the world. And you can argue that if you want to, but it, it, the numbers don't lie. The, the but
1: it's it's within the group, you know. Their their expectations.
0: But these, guys, but these guys clean up after
1: themselves. Yeah, so they should. These
0: guys these, these we're talking so about. So we guys, all should.
1: Correct. Correct. Know? So but it's it's the expectations you set for your group, you know, and nothing else matters. It doesn't matter what the country thinks outside the group. It only matters what the, inside the group and the, and the goals they set, but they have a really high expectation, and they have really high goals, and they have a really high belief. So, you know, if you keep that your norm, it's pretty much the norm. Yeah, if you if you if you set a high standard That's right. for whatever you are, whether
0: it's your family or whether it's your country or a sport or a team or a business, you know. But for you us, know,
1: culture is everything because we've always yeah. seen the top dog go down. Yeah, you know. This team 61 and 0. They're in the grand final. Bam, they lose. So culture culture can defeat the mightiest of giants if your culture Absolutely. Strong. Absolutely. I'm a big believer of that. I just come back from a under fourteen championship and I went down there. I had no real expectation of us coming away winners and I just wow. Your
0: daughter played on that team.
1: Daughter played on that yeah. under fourteen team. And they came back, you know, they're down ten. The first half, they come back and won by 15, and I just looked around me like how that But happened. they're close. They have a
0: tight knit. That, that team is close. Great
1: culture. The, the coaches were everything to do with their culture. They had good talent. We didn't know the talent because we knew it was pretty good, but not national champs. Yeah. Because, you know, we're going down to the mighty Melbourne where they got three, four teams in the top four. Sure. And we thought one of these teams is probably going to get us. Yeah. And then whack, whack, whack. Yep. You know, and then it's just, wow. How'd that happen? Yeah. You know, and you just wonder.
0: Culture is everything. Man, I yeah. love that.
1: And those, these two parents who were also teachers, it's all they talked about is culture. And I was really? like, wow. Yeah. Start of the year. A year ago. Yeah. One year ago, came in, culture. Not one person, everybody plays. We'll be stronger at the end of it. And I, You know, a couple times they had part of that second group out there and I was grimacing, like, <laughs>
0: That's the competitive nature in you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then whack, whack, whack. 15 points so, you, so you're points. still
0: you're so so you're still a student of culture even today you saw oh, you saw it play out and
1: it's because it challenges me as a coach sometimes yeah. you know like i know culture is awesome but i don't know i might <laughs> leave that girl who just hit five threes on for another five minutes yeah she might know? hit five more yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and then whack lost so i'm like oh, yeah. should i should have chosen culture yeah you know?
0: yeah 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 no i, I love that i love i love that and it's really awesome how that's actually come full circle in this talk and and understanding culture is everything and man that is um you know it sets it sets the standard of the work ethic i think it sets the standard of um and it's funny you talked about you know the all blacks i didn't know that and i've maybe one of these days we can we can get some of the folks with the all blacks on here because i that's a whole nother beast that man they 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 do it unbelievable but i didn't know that that was part of their you know their mantra of of the journey. So very much, you know, my own personal vlog and different things is, is actually, um, is actually, uh, uh, is actually called the culture or the journey. And it talks about, um, you know, the journey of, you know, of my, uh, of my process and, um, we're actually going to take a little bit of a break here really, really quick. Um, just hang tight with us. You know, we were just talking about you know culture is everything, and the journey, and you know the All Blacks, and you know it is about the journey. It's not about the ending. And and I I that's that's very much how I do things. And um, you know, it's uh, I don't want there to actually be an ending. So I I, I actually enjoy the wins and the losses. Uh, I actually enjoy the losses more than I do the wins. And I know that's a little twisted, but that's because. I'm, I'm I'm learning something, and I'm mm. and I'm getting better. And um, losses teach you character, right? You you, you got to learn. I can remember as a as a freshman in high school, uh, I was playing on the varsity team, and we played one of the top five teams in the country. Um, literally, go out with there were nothing but a bunch of freshman guys who maybe had one senior on the team and maybe a couple sophomores, and we go out and we're playing at a university during a summer camp and they tipped the ball off, didn't even take a dribble, tipped the ball off, got, caught, got the ball, tipped at half court and threw a lob for a dunk from half court. And Isaiah Victor, Harold Swanigan, Lamont Barnes, uh, Isaiah Victor went on to play at Tennessee. Lamont Barnes went to play at Temple. Harold Swanigan went on to play at Notre Dame. Um, I mean, these guys were loaded, loaded. And um, we were down 65 in the third quarter. And our coach called a timeout. So, we, you know, suicide drills. You run a suicide. We call, They call them 30-second drills. So you have to run it in 30 seconds. So you have to run a suicide in 30 seconds. And they called a 30-second timeout and made us run in the middle of the game because we were getting beat so bad. And people are watching. And, you know, I think we got beat 89-14. to 14. And we knew at that point that it could never, ever get any worse. That was as bad as it would get. And we ended up going – it that we got to be seniors and we were one of the better teams around and we went twenty seven and three and lost three games by a total of seven points and, you know, beat the daylights out of people. You know, we're beating people hundred to fifty five and different things. So um culture is everything. And what so so for those people that are that have a business, for those people that have a team, how do you how do you establish how do you day one, when you when you when you meet a team for the first time, you sit down, right? You, you guys have a new selection or, you know, new tryouts and you sit down because it definitely resonates into the business world, all parts of the world. How do you establish that day one culture? What, what, what are the things, and like, you know, obviously not the finite details, but, you know, what kind of behaviors, you know, are you putting in place
1: to do that? Well, you put on, you put in mandatories, uh, what you call no – Set compromise. Some rules no compromise yeah. no you compromise know, no compromise there's no compromise on this this is what we want as a group why do we want it this is how we do it and there's no compromise you know we, we, that's we. what you aim for every time you might fail but this is what you aim at you know you, this is a no compromise you do this to the best of your ability and that's all we want just your unbelievable devotion to doing that and if you fail that's fine yeah. as long as we know you gave it, you're all to do it. So there's a couple of those and then there's a couple things we decide as a group Well, how we're going to be and that's because every year your team is different.
0: So you kind of sit around collectively and allow them to kind of play a part in that and, yeah. and okay like, this
1: is how we want to play according to our group strength yeah. you know? this is how we team goals hide our weakness. we want yeah you know these are the things and this is the way we go about it. And we go at it. There's a way to do it, and we do it this way. And, if, you know, if we need to compromise somewhere because we lack in uh, ability, we lack in size, we lack in speed, then we have to figure out a way we, we can counter that, you know. You still got to win. There's 50,000 ways to win. Yeah. You can Gen be an all-defensive team and defend the heck out of people. You can be amazing shooters. You can be seven seven-footers. That way, we're not going to bounce the ball are we? We're going to yeah. play netball against these guys,
0: and and, you, and you've you've obviously done that obviously on a on a massively large oh. scale in the world. So
1: y- we inverted the way we played. Yeah. So the bigs become guards, the guards became bigs. Yeah. You
0: you were you were you were you were kind of a part of that trend on a global scale of a point forward, in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah. Uh, mainly because. So if I was playing the four or five and I threw the ball into the point guard yep, so, and so. he had to get it up against a Pepe Sanchez or a an American genius like Chris Paul. Yeah. Who can just turn you fifteen times before yeah. the half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should give it to someone else. Yeah. yeah. Maybe let's just take the normal nine to five job out of the point guard and say, Okay, you're a big man now, go post up. Yeah. This Chris Paul. Yeah. Defend post did, of the year. Chris Paul air.
0: probably didn't play rugby growing up. He He. he, 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 <laughs> but he that that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: know, like so we have to invert it. So now I get to bring the ball up. And you against, were playing. And,
0: and at six six, you were playing center.
1: Yeah. So I get to bring a ball up against a Tim Duncan
0: or a six ten guy, well, Tim seven foot guy. Guard the guy full court. Yeah.
1: So Now I, it's easy. Yeah. All right. And now I get to feed maybe our seven footer who's playing the four against their seven footer. Yeah. You can't defend the wing now yeah you know and so everybody's inverted wow this is easier yeah if we go back to the traditional way to play and i try and go against tim duncan and post i don't think you know one out of ten is very good for me
0: so, so your, your coaches very much didn't you know they didn't moan and groan and and fight, and, 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 fight play, it. and play pity on oh well we don't have size or we don't have this or we don't have that let's 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 play to our strengths and use what we got and find a way to win
1: yeah, let's change the game, change the rules. Let's put guys in different positions yeah. where we don't think these guys have guarded before. So now Love it. they don't know how to defend a seven-foot wing on a on a wing with their center. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it was, was it worked fine, fine for a half. Fine. Yeah, well, yeah, they
0: figured it out. They're, they got some smart guys on the other side of the floor <laughs> yeah. too. So those those guys are. They, and 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 it sounds like you guys had some unbelievable coaches, probably. You know, coaching from a from a knowledge of the game was, was probably equal. The difference is, is they you know they, they literally are loaded with an all star team to make those adjustments to change, right? So, because um, you guys definitely knocked off some teams that you shouldn't have beat, so they weren't able yeah. to. They they didn't have it. They didn't have the abundance of talent uh, of being able to do that. So
1: I I, I think uh, it wasn't always abundance of talent. It was they were second, third, or fourth or fifth behind the U.S. So, on their off day, Greece, Yugoslavia, I think the other team was Spain. Yeah. They did beat the US. Yeah. Right? On the off day. Yeah. But the other 10 years, they didn't. Yep. So, we get one or two chances. You know, we haven't been to the World Champs every year. Yeah. We've been there three or four times. Yep. Ever. Yeah. These guys have been there ever since it's been going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they get a chance to... Play the way they want to play every three, four years. Yeah, they get a chance to play every two years at the Olympics the way they want to play. We don't been Olympics twice. (laughs) You know, yeah, it's it's gone. You know, the next guys after us, they're desperate to play in the.
0: Oh, you guys, the 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 hunger there to get back is it's it's pretty wild that's right it's pretty wild for them to get that as well yeah yeah and 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 it's and it's it's the getting back because it's that pride of we know how we can represent and you know it's the, these next group of young guys, they want to displace you in a lot of ways. They want, and that's okay. And thats and that, sick of hearing our names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too.
1: I'm sick of it too because it's <laughs> over years ago. You know, my, my kids are looking at me and yeah. just thinking I'm a dinosaur. And your boys
0: are a part of that. Your boys are Absolutely. a part of, of they, where, where, where they can they can it's go after that. The
1: system in the Asia League is awesome. It's really awesome. We get to play every two months, yep. two games at home or away yep. in Asia. And we get to play the best A lot in more Asia. practice way more more. you know we've had eight games already got another two coming up end of november
0: you guys you guys um basketball has definitely grown there's been a lot of um you guys have you know kids now uh of a former you know um you know tall ferns and tall blacks now are now in the system and it's kind of trialing it's unbelievable seeing my kids trialing there yeah yeah, yeah. you know and, and and you and you and one of your teammates or your co you know national you know females who played in the national uh, national uh, nationals with you, you know you guys are sitting there sharing swords while your kids are out there playing and and doing crazy. that and, um, it's awesome and you know again it goes back to culture so 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 Pirro, as he said starting culture he he digs in and establishes that day one culture he sets a standard and it's setting a standard and then also allowing that team to help come up with some of those goals and and i'm actually going to take that with me so i'm i'm that's probably not something that i am very good at as you know in running a business so so i'm gonna i'm gonna take that now i would challenge anybody here to in thinking of it it makes total sense if you're not if you're not involving your team the ones who are putting the blood sweat and tears as you would say whether you're in a sports team or in the office grueling it out and grinding it out and you know, doing everything they can to to give it all they got, allow them to allow them to play a part in that, um, in setting those goals. Because I think it makes I mean it makes total sense. And you know, some of us we, we as as Piero said, it's it's a, it's a, when you're when you're at the top, you, you catch you catch all the responsibility when when it doesn't go well, and as as it should be. And we get you know we we put our blinders on to it's a focus of win, 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 you know, you sometimes lose sight. And and that's why, you know, Peril's friendship means so much to me is because he's one of those guys who he'll challenge something if I say something or he'll challenge, hey, well, why are you doing this? Or what about this? And and I will with him. And I think that's how I I gained, you know, his trust and his respect is from the first day we met we rode around Wellington in a car and I had a very frank conversation that says well why are you doing this or you should be doing this or maybe don't look at it that way you know maybe here and you know we need people like that we need people that we can trust and you need that within your team and there's definitely a sense of ownership that I can see that where that comes out of hey we're all we all have a common goal because that's the goal we all want that's hard to do that's hard to do especially in a business it's even harder because you know some people want time off some people want more money some people want you know um reward and trips to go do these different things so it's really really hard to do so um so I'm going to kind of we'll wrap it up here uh this has been definitely a unique podcast so far for what we've done it's been different uh it's definitely off the beaten path a little bit there's definitely a lot of sports there involved um, so I hope you guys have have enjoyed, you know, having Piro here. Uh, I really wish we could have had Brad here as a part of this, but um, you know, I'll, I'll send him a couple selfies when we get down to Surface Paradise and let him see the the horrible scenery I get to enjoy. Um, I do have to work tonight and I do have to give a talk and all those different things, but um, we're gonna enjoy some of the some of the sunlight. So, Piro, it's been you know, uh, you guys, it, 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 it's been. Uh, an honor and a pleasure to have you a part of this, but, you know, ultimately your friendship means the world to me. It means, we'll mean, means means more to me than any of it else, and I appreciate you allowing us to share a little bit of your story, um, share, you know, the culture that um, that you've had. So uh, hopefully you've enjoyed your time on here. Yeah. Uh, it's hot. It's Very hot in the me. gym.
1: Um, but, yeah, I'll get better at it. It's all right. Like holding the mic.
0: To yeah, if, somebody, if Piro gets a little quiet, he's a massive, massive individual. So, if it sounds like he's a little mouse, it's, I've had to direct him to get in front of the mic a little bit. <laughs> so, this is, this is not something Piro normally does. He's way out of his comfort zone in a lot Very of ways. Much so. It's yeah. not that
1: hard. I'm just sweating.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, thank you guys. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. Um, I'll definitely put some tidbits in the description, and into the notes, and you know, do a little research. Go to YouTube, search Piro Cameron, search Tall Blacks, search search New Zealand basketball. Go see New Zealand. It's a beautiful country. Come over, rent an RV, drive around, take in the sights. Beautiful, beautiful place. And uh, until we uh, until we hop on here next time, I hope you've enjoyed a peek into New Zealand, into basketball, and into the culture of a very dear friend who also happens to be um, one of the best basketball players in the history of the game around the world. And I'm, I'm, I'm honored to have you on here. Thank you guys. And thank you, Peril.
1: Cheers, Jim. Cheers, Ellis.